Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. the 1987 movie Hiding Out in which John Cryer stars as a state's witness who pretends to be a high school student to avoid getting killed by the mob? Probably not. Chances are that you do remember the breakout song from the movie though, Pretty Poison's Catch Me I'm Falling. This dance pop hit cracked the Billboard Top 10 and was an MTV staple, but the group never even sniffed the success of this single again. Our Patreon voted for us to discuss this one and we'd never let them down. So are you ready, boy? Here we come. One hit is all you need To make the money guaranteed And you can live off royalties Forever And it makes me wonder Is it just a Matt, are you ready, boy? Sure. Here I come. Catch me, I'm falling. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) We're here to talk about Pretty Poison and their hit, Catch Me, I'm Falling. Matt, did you know the Pretty Poison are a Philly band? I found that out last night when I was laying up on a futon. Yeah. (laughs) I said, oh, they formed in 1981 in Philadelphia. Yeah, there you go, man. I listen to a lot of Pretty Poison. Now, we do a lot of artists on this show where they have a 
pretty big discography and it's hard to get through the whole thing before we record the episode. So you kind of have to, you know, see what's the most popular on the streaming sites or on YouTube and, you know, get, get a respectable sample of their music. Are you setting us up to tell us that Pretty Poison is no different? It's the same Uh, situation. (laughs) No, Pretty Poison, as far as I could see, had two albums and I listened to them both all the way through. Probably some of the songs repeated, wow, you were out at a CD warehouse and I was running on the treadmill and I listened to them the entire time. And then while I was, actually, you got back to my house and they were still playing and you thought it sounded like there was like, porn music playing or something it was some electronic drums some synth and some sexy sax and i was like man this sax solo is going a really long time yeah (laughs) yeah i I just had it playing while i was getting a shower but um yeah catch me i'm falling of course i know this song it's kind of in that same vein or style as kind of remind me a little bit of like stacy q where it's kind of like dance music pop music um but I not not nearly as good as Stacey Q, I will say. No, the Stacey Q stuff was really interesting. When I walked into your house specifically, there was a part of me, yes, that thought like, oh, this this has the sound of a Cinemax love scene. Mm-hmm. But I also thought this kind of makes sense for something that Chris would have throw up on the Patreon because that's that's who made this one happen. This was this was a runaway hit on the Patreon. Page. Oh, Catch Me on Falling was? This was like 80% of the votes went to Pretty Poison, Catch Me on Falling, which I did not know this song until now. Really? Which is crazy because it shows up in a lot of stuff, apparently. Uh, when I was doing some research, it showed up in a bunch of things that I've watched. Mm-hmm. It showed up in the movie The Big Sick with Camille Nanjiani. Okay. I love that movie. Showed up in Kicking It Old School with Jamie Kennedy. I've seen it once. Okay. It showed up in an episode of Breaking Bad. Okay. It was in an episode of that Dahmer show that came out last oh, year. Oh, yeah. When he's like tripping on drugs. He's oh. hearing Catch Me on Fallen. And I was just like, I... So the, there's at least three things on this list that I have watched fairly recently. Mm-hmm. And it's never registered for me. It's very much a roller skating rink song. Uh, it's very danceable. I I don't mind the song. I think the song's okay. Did you know that the song was used as a promotional tool for a movie? No. So while this does, in fact, appear on their debut single, even if you look at the Billboard charts, Mm. and we'll get into that later, but you look at the Billboard charts when it peaked, it says, Pretty Poison, Catch Me, parentheses, I'm Falling, Mm -hmm. and then a separate set of parentheses that says, From the Motion Picture, Hiding Out. I don't know what that is. Have you seen that? I have seen that. So, okay. so Hiding Out is a movie starring John Cryer from 1987. And it's that he's like in his early 20s, sees a mob hit and goes into witness protection at his cousin's high school where he's posing as a high school student. And you'd think that it would be like a wacky teen sex romp type movie just mm-hmm. based on like, oh, it's a guy in his 20s in high school again. But no, it's just a very serious drama about a dude on the run from the mob. <laughs> like, okay. It, I watched it one time when I was living in L.A. My uh, my roommate had it on DVD. And he's like, you've never seen Hiding Out? And I remember nothing about the movie beyond mm. that, including apparently that Catch Me Up Falling was, was a big enough song in the movie that it was used as the promotional single for the movie. Yeah, I mean, this is we're talking about a top 10 song here this this peaked at number eight yeah 
So it's no joke in, you know, 1987, right? I mean, do you want to hear what it was up against in 1987? We can jump there. Sure. So this peaked on December 19th, 1987. I will tell you that you will probably know more of these songs than I do. Okay. I'd say 50% of them I know. Hmm. Number 10, We'll Be Together by Sting. Um, I don't think I remember that one. Yeah, I didn't know that one. Number nine, Valerie by Steve Winwood. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Come and call me Valerie. This was at number eight. Number seven, fucking banger in my eyes. Okay. Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Belinda? Carlisle. Love Belinda Carlisle. Number six, never heard the song, never heard the person. Don't You Want Me by Judy Waitley. Judy (laughs) Waitley. Jody Watley. Jody Watley. Judy Waitley. (laughs) Listen, I think that was just my typing at 11. Jody Watley. Yeah, yeah. Jody Watley's awesome. Jody Watley's in this this type of world, too, like pop dance. Okay. Number five. uh, We just recently did a Weird Algorithms episode about the song that this was a parody of. George Harrison's Got My Mind Set on You. Okay. George Harrison didn't write that song. No, that's right? a cover from the 60s. Okay. I thought so. Yeah. Number four, Debbie Gibson's Shake Your Love. Shake Your Love. Oh, man. I loved I loved Debbie Gibson. I was very into Debbie Gibson at this time. Number three, So Emotional by Whitney Houston. Ooh, good one. Number two, White Snake, Is This Love. Oh, okay. I and, thought, yeah. And the number one song, a true banger, George Michael, Faith. Ooh, Okay. So Catch Me, I'm Fallen was at its peak in the Faith era. In the Faith era of George Michaels. Interesting. Yeah. Pretty interesting. I feel like that is, I mean, I don't know anything really about this song, but that does seem like not what my anticipation would be. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this song, it, it's definitely, it probably still plays on like, you know, one of those channels like Bob FM, hits of the 80s, 90s, and today, although... Is that how that would work now? 80s, 90s, yeah, zeros? Dude, that's, well, that's the thing. They do, I, I think I heard a stand-up comic say that before, where they're like, the radio station sounds like the hits of the 80s, the 90s, and today, as if the last 23 years yeah. is just consolidated into today. Today. <laughs> 2002, today. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, it's not like this song is like, oh, I, I can't believe I completely forgot that song. This song has... I guess you didn't know it. This song ha- has never gone away for me. Yeah. Catch me, I'm falling. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. When I listened to it, I loved it, but I genuinely was like, I have never heard this song huh. in my life. Interesting. Well, Pretty Poison is lead vocalist Jade Starling. Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds like a porn star name. Yeah. Jade Starling. Percussionist Kaya Pryor, and the best name ever coming up, keyboardist and guitarist, Way cooler. W-H-E-Y, cooler. Way cooler. All right. That's pretty good. Interesting. Um, Did you read anything about uh, our lead vocalist here, Jade Starling? Because she had a Wikipedia link, which shocked me. So I clicked into it, and there's not too much in there. Like, I thought, ooh, maybe she went on to do producing. What I found was something I think is way cooler. Mm Mm-hmm. And given that this episode is going to come out during Pride Month, it feels Mm. even extra appropriate. A lead singer, Jade Sterling, was a gay rights activist. As early as 1997, she wrote a song called Let Freedom Ring, uh, hoping to help further the concept of legalized gay marriage. And I feel like I was thinking about this. 
you and I, I think, have been very blessed in the sense of like, by the time we were like cognizant of what even being gay was, the tides were already starting to shift a little bit. Mm hmm. But theoretically, 1997 is a really early time for for someone to be like someone who's not in the community mm -hmm. to be becoming a full blown like I'm going to write songs to raise awareness for it style activist, which kind of made me really like her a lot. Like I'm like, that's pretty progressive. Yeah, I, I that's awesome. I mean, what in the 90s would you say are the biggest I mean, I guess if we're talking about Pretty Poison in the 80s, I don't know in the 80s. I can't think of anything from the 80s that was very, not saying that any that everything was necessarily anti-gay. It but, just wasn't talked about. It was just ignored or, essentially or I mean, it was or it was given a negative light. There had like, to be some, there has to be some things I'm not thinking of. But in the 90s, perfect example, as a teenager, I watched My So-Called Life and you had Ricky, the character Ricky on there. Yeah. And, and that's something that I, I remember from, you know, being a teenager. But by the 90s, you know, with MTV and everything, there was lots of, you know, characters and, and, and people and things we could see to start, yeah, to shift the, the conversation on, you know, gay issues. I, I know that she's been uh, getting a fair amount of bad press the last couple of years. And this isn't me saying that Madonna, she's, she's great. No, I was going to say, really, when I was a kid watching... Ellen come out on the mm -hmm. show Ellen. Right. I remember that being a huge deal. Yeah. And that as like a, I guess that would, I would have been 11 or 12 when that aired. I think that was in 97, 98 and kind of thinking like, wow, they're really painting. This as no big deal. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that ever since then I was just like, yeah, it's no big deal. Who gives a shit? Right. Like even at my peak jeeziness, Jesus jeeziness, <laughs> that's a different Jeeziness. thing. That the at the peak of me being like the go to church every Sunday, do all the Christian music festivals, like I always was like who gives a shit? Like be gay. <laughs> like well, yeah, they, it never was a problem for me. When you did some like Jesusy stuff growing up, what did is that something that people talked about like it let church me, and stuff? Let yeah. me tell you a story. Okay. So my church, I, I was lucky. My church was never like that. My okay. my church, my church, I would say almost had like, well, no, it didn't actually. I was going to say it had like a don't ask, don't tell attitude, <laughs> but that's not even true. We had this pastor. He was super cool, but he was like this real like hippie of the earth. Like that was like who was teaching me religion. Um, And at my high school when I was a, a junior, we had National Day of Silence. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Maybe you talked to me about this before. It was like in support of uh, people afraid to come out of the closet, you could oh. choose to not speak for the day. Like it was like a symbolic gesture or whatever. So we oh. were doing it this year. There was like 20 kids who agreed to do it. Doing it at school? or Doing it at school, like okay. choosing to not speak in school. They had signs around their neck that said like, today I'm choosing not to speak hmm. on behalf of uh, people afraid to come out of the closet. But if you ask me a question, I'm happy to write down my answer or like something, you know, like it was okay. like, um, and I didn't participate in that piece of it, but like a bunch of churches got really upset that the school was allowing this to happen and staged a protest outside of the school. And my church was the only church who wanted nothing to do with that protest. They're like, yeah, nope, good. we're good. But I was at that point, I was like 
in my little community looked at as like, man, Kelly's the type of Christian everyone should grow up to be. He goes to church four times a week. Like, look at how four great- times a week. I was going four times a week. Look at how <laughs> great he is. And they, I got so many angry emails from people from other churches because I refused to participate in their protest. Because I was like, there's nothing wrong with this. Like, the, like You were that religious that people from other churches were mad that you weren't participating? 100%. In- Are and you serious? That's when I started to like step down a little bit more from that stuff. Was I was like, oh, Jeez. if this is how shit is. like How how, did, how are you like so famous at being religious? I think it was just because I was involved in every, like I was in the Young Life stuff. I was in like multiple Bible study. Like it was just like this kid who was in all of these different church things across, like I wasn't super I, I mean i was loyal to my church because i liked my church but like i if someone's like hey my church is doing a bible study I'd be like oh cool i'll be there like i would just go to like whatever <laughs> and it's so funny because i couldn't tell you shit about the bible well that's what i was gonna say like when there's like uh when jeopardy's on or something and there's like a bible category it's I'd like be, oh I'm yep. not getting any of these i'd be depending on the level of the questions i'd be mostly worthless well, here's here's what i'll ask you it came up on a crossword puzzle that marquette and i were doing recently <laughs> uh what is do you know what the the shortest book in uh the old testament is shortest book in the old testament we only got it because we got a bunch of letters like from the the cross ones, and it was a down one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you, can you give me? Do you remember what the first letter was? Yeah, it's an O. Oh, I'm not gonna get. It. I don't know. <laughs> Obadiah. No. Nope. Okay, okay. I mean, I don't. <laughs> you know. you could have just made up that word as yeah, far as I, I'm concerned. Yeah. If yeah. you, I thought you were gonna ask what the shortest verse was, and I was like, oh, I know that one. It's Jesus wept. <laughs> okay. All right. I probably talked about this on here before, but I would think it would be hilarious this might be a podcast idea uh but i have no no knowledge minus like the stuff that everyone kind of knows uh no knowledge whatsoever i always always want to like come up with like what i think the story is yeah i mean i would i would happily help produce that show <laughs> with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy, and getting to eat restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50. The words one hit and the number 50 that is 
at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hey, do you, you think you think when you when you go, you're going to heaven? I mean, I think so. But oh. but here's the phrase I started using. <laughs> I started saying that I'm spiritually optimistic. Okay, uh, I'm I'm I... hopeful that whatever my spiritual path is is going to lead to something. But the plus is, if I'm wrong, I'll have no fucking clue. Yeah, sure. It'll just be darkness. That's. <laughs> I mean, or not even darkness, just nothingness. Just nothingness. Yeah, which is fine for me. For me, I feel like it's it's come. This is such a fun tangent. <laughs> I don't know if they are loving this or hating this over on the Facebook page, but we'll find P- pretty poison. Pretty, pretty poison. Po- yeah, pretty poison, and anybody listening. <laughs> but like for me, it's two things. One thing is like. I, I just need, and I, I am very aware that this could be full placebo effect. I just need to believe that like the people who I like miss every single day, that there will be an sure. opportunity to see them again. Sure. So it's like, fine, I'll buy into it. Cool. I might get I, to see them. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think that part of it is nice. Yeah. I think that that's fine, but that's, but that's just so far from what, what people have turned it. Well, and that's the other thing is like, for me, if I'm thinking about, whatever in religion and i'm thinking of like the jesus story it's like all right i enjoy aspects of that and maybe i've been inspired by the occasional part of that but no more than like something dumbledore says in a harry potter book that inspires me okay (laughs) but you know i mean but i mean like there are those like those i mean look the writer of that book aside no no no, i'm not getting into that yeah but but like there are moments where you're reading that book where dumbledore says you know the last chapter he's always like just dropping straight facts on Mm -hmm. harry potter and he'll like say something about like love and stuff where you're just like oh shit like <laughs> well dude any work any yeah, work, or beautiful any work of yeah. fiction or movie or or song this pretty poison song you might find <laughs> yeah you might be like yes i need someone to catch me yes. when i'm falling y- yes exactly <laughs> i mean you, you joke but you might feel like you know you need caught you, you're falling you know something took you by surprise and now you're blind and you can't see and you're descending from heaven above. I was wondering why you grabbed your phone for a second. (laughs) I was like, oh shit, did he just get a really important text? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, man. Uh, Yeah, I think, anyway, uh, we're talking about pretty poison here. Yeah, it's cool. 1997, you're a little ahead of the curve if you're releasing a song in support of gay rights and and stuff. That's where that long tangent stemmed from. But did you happen... I know you said you listened to almost everything they had. Yeah. Did you happen to listen to the newest single they released? It's not on... I use Apple Music like when I'm running and I was looking because I knew they they released like what? In the last 
10 or 15 years? In, in 2009. Yeah, so yeah. it's been a bit, but they released Finger Licking Good. Yeah, which that makes me think of the Beastie Boys. But Yeah, uh, same. <laughs> uh, no, I did not hear Finger Licking Good, but well, I heard... They, and they released it exclusively on iTunes. So the fact that it's not on Apple Music does not bode well for yeah, that I, song. I, <laughs> and I looked because they have like albums and they have singles and, singles and EPs. And then they have, you know, like the top eight songs that come on. Yeah. You know, like on Spotify, it's like the top 10 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I did not find that song. I will say there's a huge difference... There's two Pretty Poison albums. One 1987 album, it is very, sounds like Catch Me, I'm Falling. You know, all the rest of the songs kind of in the same vein as Catch Me, I'm Falling, except not as good, not as catchy. It's definitely the standout track. But then by 1992, the album they released, it's that very early 90s club dance, club okay, MTV was... sound. It is, It is still dance pop, but it is very 1992 i don't know why in my head i thought you were gonna say they went for like a new jack sounds <laughs> like it, no it's... so they went more club like disney like disney mtv party to go type yes yes sound. definitely like you could have heard those songs on the grind maybe absolutely club mtv <laughs> the grind it's got just like the sounds and stuff and it's just you know it's five years later after after the album with catch me i'm falling on it and the sounds that were used in that type of music changed uh, to, you know, and when the second you heard one of these songs, you'd be like, yep, that's 1992. All right. Can we side note about the grind? Can we agree that the grind was a better show when it was at the MTV beach house than when it was like in the actual studio? Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. I like that (laughs) studio. Could you imagine being in that studio? It's like, okay, we're going to roll We're you know, Eric knees says like, okay, we're about, we're about to roll. And you just have to like, dance really hard it's really i don't know man i loved the people on the giant floating grind gears that were in the pool where they were doing the mtv beach the pool pool was pretty good it was was a lot less clothes too (laughs) yeah if you're a teen boy watching you know women dance in bikinis on mtv to the the club hits of the time that's kind of cool another hypothetical i mean first of all tvs basically doesn't exist anymore but do you think that there will ever be a channel that is as cool as MTV is to a teenage boy in the 90s. No. Like, I mean, channels, yeah, it's 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 over, and that's sad. I mean, we, we could talk about this every week, but, like, the, ni- the 90s were super cool, and it, a big part of that was MTV. I, I feel like there were a handful of channels in my life that, and MTV was definitely, I think MTV is one of the earliest versions of it. Probably when you're a kid, it's like Disney and Nickelodeon. But like one of those channels where it's like, you just have it on. You don't even care what the lineup is that's coming up. And it's like MTV was that for a while. Comedy Central for a long time when they would just do like Comedy Central Presents and Premium Blend and like old like sketch shows. But but dude, but MTV, what was different about it is they had things. I mean, the I wasn't like a big fan of the grind. It might be on. No, I say that jokingly. But, I never yeah, I, watched the grind, but I would but, watch Singled Out. I'd be like, yes, oh shit, Singled look, Out's on. Look, that's a perfect example. Singled <laughs> like, Out when it was MTV Spring Break. Yeah. When it was these shows where you, you know, I would tape Spring Break and be like, oh my God, this is a rock and jock softball game things like that you felt like you were there it was like you were hanging out with a bunch of people you know from the news people to the vjs to just the people you know singled out's a good example there's a hundred people that get narrowed down you see like normal people yeah you know and you felt like you were there hanging out i guess what i mean is that there's like like the last one that i can think of was like early days of g4 
I didn't when I was, have that. Yeah, when I was living in my first apartment with my friends, that was like the channel we just always had on because it was like 99% of the time if you put on that channel, it's something you want to watch. And like that was how I felt about MTV and, and Comedy Central. But I guess MTV didn't feel that way about Pretty Poison because they gave up on Pretty Poison pretty fast after Catch Me, I'm Falling. It yeah. looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this was about it. This is about it for Pretty Poison. Catch yeah. Me, I'm Falling. But, uh, you know, obviously the song has stood the test of time as it's been it featured in, in things a lot in of, recent years. I was going to say, everything that I named was in the last 15 yeah. years, Yeah, which is well past it. This was VH1, put it at the at 46, the hmm. 46 greatest one-hit wonder of the 80s. I wonder if the reason it's featured in so many things is because it's, it's very recognizable as like from that era and it was a hit, but the maybe cost is down. the cost is down on it. <laughs> Do you think maybe that's it? I think it's very possible. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how that exactly that works. I, you know, I know how it works for a band like mine, but I don't know how it works for bigger artists. Like if you set a price or yeah. if it's just a set price for everybody across the board, I don't know. I feel like if you even watch just, I, just pulling it out of my brain real quick, but like something like Yellow Jackets, it's very much set in 1990 for portions of it. So they use the music from there. I bet if you really pay attention to it, it's probably like one really big famous song from the 90s. And then if they use any other 90s songs, it's probably like one that you kind of forgot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's like, all right, we'll blow we'll blow a lot of cash on like mm-hmm. getting fade into I almost said fade into me, fade into you. Or, you know, whatever, you know, Alanis Morissette hand in my pocket. But, like, well, the next track will get, like, this minor single that Green Day put out that, like, you kind of forgot about because it wasn't as big as Basket Case. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. I, I, I should know. Yeah. You would think I would know, like, how that works. But... Uh, television music supervisors listening, uh, hit us up at one yeah. hit thunder podcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you guys finance that stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're curious how... Uh, it, you know, the artist deter if the artist puts sets a price out there. Does Alanis Morissette say, Hey, if you want to use hand in my pocket, it's hundred and fifty grand plus back end yeah. every time it runs or but something. If, but if you want to use Forgiven off of Jagged Little Pill, yeah. it's like ten grand. Is that yeah, yeah, is that the way it works? I actually don't know and I should know. Yeah. Um but, do you have any, do you, I mean, we're about to hit the Thunder Blunder portion okay. of this, but you listen to a lot more Pretty Poison than me for this one. Do you, mm. do you have any message for, for the group? Oh, for, uh, do I get to talk to Jade Starling and Way Cooler? Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, Jade. This is a really good song. I really like it. It makes me want to roller skate for some reason. Maybe I heard this song at the roller skating rink. Uh, otherwise, it felt a little uninspired the rest of the album it felt like catch me i'm falling a lot of effort was put into making the song awesome and then the rest of the album felt like the same song a bunch of times it all kind of blended together for me and maybe it had to be back in the era but there wasn't there wasn't a lot of variety i need a little more variety and it was like kind of a lot of the same tempo a lot of the same instrumentation a lot of the same beat and you know Catch Me I'm Falling is kind of the one that you remember, and I kind of don't remember the other ones. All right.
I mean, I'm just gonna say, Jada, I like that you were ahead of the curve on. Yeah, being that's cool. Super progressive. That's that's dope. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great, and I think you should get credit for that. And you know, it's two separate things. If we talk about the person and and what they contribute. I always oh, hope that the people who hear our episode know that we have no ill will towards any of them, even if we give them blunder. Like, yeah, like, you know, I just, I think musically, I, I would probably have to go blunder here, even though I like the single. I, I honestly, I didn't hear another song I even kind of liked. And I listened to everything, except I didn't hear that finger looking good song. Yeah. I mean, that could have changed everything for us. Yeah, maybe. But it seems like it's lost to the sands of time now. Um, I'm gonna go with Blunder as well on this. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna beat around the bush. I didn't know the song. I liked it, but it's not something that I'm gonna like put on any of my regular rotation. Um, maybe when I hear it, and maybe next time I watch Big Sick, I'll be like, "Oh, there it is." Yeah. But, I, I. I. See, I kind of disagree. I would add this song to a playlist, no doubt. Uh, nothing, but there would be no other Pretty Poison songs that I would add, and I listened to all of them that were available to listen to. <laughs> Today, yeah, like all right but before, one, basically. All, all but in Finger Licking Good came out what seventeen years later after their second album. Yep, that's that's a long break. <laughs> that's, I'm surprised that they were like, we got to capitalize on the Pretty Poison name. Seventeen years later, that's that's a that's a pretty. I mean, I respect I respect the hustle and the comeback, but it was just one song, and I c- couldn't find it on. I mean, I'm sure it was on YouTube. But I didn't look on YouTube, but um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pretty poison. Tell me how you get to sleep at night, sleep at night. Tell me how you get to sleep. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Ophelios of the band's Punchline Pack and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Tell Me How You Sleep off the Punchline album, Thrilled. Be sure to check out punchlion.com for any upcoming news of the band. Our podcast is on Patreon now. Find us at patreon.com backslash OHT podcast for early access to episodes bonus conversations, and a chance to vote on future songs for us to cover. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder. Tell me how you get to sleep. listening to the Geekscape Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.